Showtime Sports presents Showtime Boxing with Eric Raskin and Kieran Mulvaney. Welcome to another edition of Showtime Boxing with Raskin and Mulvaney live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for Spence versus Crawford. Undefeated, undisputed, unprecedented. But Eric, you and I have already had our main event. Indeed so. As we record this on Friday, it was just... Uh... How many hours ago, 16 or so hours ago, that we were being entertained by the dulcet tones of one Al Bernstein. We got to see his uh, lounge act at the Tuscany. It was such a delight. It was just a fun, charming show. If you are ever in Las Vegas on a fight week where Al is performing, you're a fight fan, obviously, if you're listening to this. There is a boxing theme to a lot of what he does. There's boxing trivia mixed in there. There are a few comedic songs about Al and his career with a a boxing twist to them. Um, It was just a really fun show, and uh, I'm I'm so glad that we did that. It was one of the very few things that will keep me awake past 8 o'clock Vegas time. Uh, Under almost any other circumstances, I am tucked into my hotel room bed by that hour. But for Al Bernstein, I will stay out and, uh, air quotes, party. Full disclosure, there was an 8 p.m. set. There was a 9.30 p.m. set. Your favorite two podcasters bailed <laughs> to go to bed before the 9.30 yes. set, but loved that 8 p.m. set. It was, Al was in his element, yes. right? He was just so happy. He's a lovely singer uh, and just a great vibe with, with the band as well. The whole thing was just lovely and just a lot of fun. And you're around boxing a lot. There's not a lot of things that are just fun that right. make you smile and right. and that was definitely one of them so thanks al for that and for for doing that and for inviting us it was uh, really really did enjoy that yeah. um okay we have one final uh pre-fight uh podcast for you here uh we will be reporting back from the weigh-in later on we'll go through that and how everybody looks we will be making our official picks and we will look at some of the odds and see if there's anything there worth laying money on. But first of all, we have a trio of interviews for you. Our good buddy, Brian Custer, will be joining us. Keith, one-time Thurman, and you know what? I have a feeling that's going to be an entertaining one. But let's kick off with our buddy, the former champ, and uh, now the uh, Showtime uh, boxing analyst, Abner Morris. And we're joined right now by another friend of ours, another member of the Showtime family. He will be one of those calling the action on Saturday night. Former world champion, Abner Morris. Abner, welcome. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on, fellas? Excited for this matchup, man. I can't, uh, I can't uh, describe what I'm feeling right now because, uh, being honest, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor, a privilege. And, and you think about it, I, I am gonna be, I'm going to be part of history. We're talking about a historian matchup, and you know, I'm going to be calling the fight, so I'm blessed. Yeah, and it, it could be one of those tricky fights to call where I think, as a broadcaster, is this one where you don't want to come in with too many preconceived notions because the fight can keep mm. changing and turning throughout? No doubt. I'm, uh, two weeks ago, I had my mind set up that you know, a certain fighter was going to win. <laughs> Today, I, I felt the other one might win, so I just you can't have your, your mind you know, picking sides. So basically, I'm just studying the styles of what the adjustments they can make during the fight and know that you know, anything can happen inside the ring. So yeah, it's one of those difficult fights that uh, you, know, you just, you just got to call it by play in the moment. 
Are, are you willing to specify which fighter it was that you were thinking before? No, no, no. I don't want to make predictions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. But no, no. But just know it's going to be a um, interesting. I think that's the word. Interesting matchup because uh, we were talking about uh, really two intelligent fighters in, in that ring that you know both can make the right adjustments. You know, in the moment. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no prediction. Okay. This could be one of those fights. We were talking with Sean Porter about this yesterday. This, yeah. It feels like this could be one of those fights where there are, you mentioned the word adjustments, where each right. guy is making constant adjustments, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. not only from round to round, but within a round. It's, it could be one of those fights that what I was using yesterday was like tense. Like for those of us ringside, it's going to be tense, kind of waiting for it almost yeah. to explode, right? Mm -hmm. As each guy is trying to get an advantage. Do you feel it might be like one of those kind of fights? I think so. Uh, uh, more than anything, I, I think that uh, based on what I've seen in the past from Crawford, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, starts up a bit slow uh, when we talk about uh, rhythm. Um, he likes to collect data, and 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 and, and Spence is totally the opposite. You know, come forward right away; he's on you. Uh, but I think with those are some of the adjustments that uh, Crawford is going to make right on uh, from the very very beginning, which does not give any rounds away. And uh, so going on forward, I think that uh, you know the fight is just going to get better and better as each and every round goes by. Because you know, again, we talked about the adjustments, and, and we, we we talked about how uh, uh, two intelligent fighters, and, and it's only we're only going to see just you know. Um, um, uh, phenomenal performance from both sides. Sides, I'm sorry. And, and uh, again, you know, it's whoever uh, makes a, a big mistake is who's going to pay dearly uh, in any given moment. Because when we talk about power, Crawford has it. He can knock you out in any, any given moment. And and Spence, he always just break you down. <laughs> We've seen two audible bones, and we're talking about Brooke and uh, Ugas that he broke. And I mean, this guy's got power. So both on both sides. So. If one of them does make that mistake and one of them takes advantage of it, we get maybe yeah. a, a conclusive knockout. But how concerned are you that this could be the kind of fight that we don't get that knockout? Instead, it goes to the cards and it's truly left in the hands of the judges. One of those fights where, uh, like I'm thinking of your fights with Leo Santa Cruz, yeah. two real close fights that, that went the distance and you, you're going to have opinions either way. Could this yeah. be one of those kind of fights? I honestly, be, and this is me right now, really just the, 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 the um, not the commentator, but the, the fan mm -hmm. answering. I hope so. I hope it goes the distance, and I hope it, it's one of those, you know, close matchups because guess what? There is a rematch clause, and we're going to get a second fight. <laughs> and honestly, uh, <laughs> if I had a pick, I hope it was a draw, man, because <laughs> they're both really talented. They're both good fighters. They're both, you know, one of my favorites. So, uh, uh, again, I'm talking as a fan, and uh, I hope that, you know, it turns out to be like that because, uh, like you said, if we talk about a spectacular knockout, and if it happens any given moment from either side, I mean, we're really left without a rematch because who would want to see a rematch after, you know, someone got knocked out, you know, bad, right. outperformed. So, uh, again, I hope that is, and I see it more going that way towards that side, uh, being more of a competitive and, and a close matchup. Is there something as fans that folks should be looking out for to maybe, like, get a sense of who's starting to get ahead? Like... Is Spence more likely to win the fight if he's able to establish his jab, for example? Or is there something they should look for from Crawford to get a sense of how it's going for I, him? I think I, the simplest way I could say it is there's no, there's no, um, um, there's, there's truth, obviously, that Crawford is, has way more tools than Spence. That's, that's for sure. I and mean, any blind man can see that. I mean, we're talking about a switch hitter, a guy can fight righty, lefty, uh, has power, can box, can brawl. 
and, and that's being real. That's Crawford. And Spence, Spence is a type of guy that will break you down. And someone is like, oh, that's all he does. and that's, But he does it so well. So if you could do one thing and you do it so well, I mean, why do you need four or five things? And again, you know, uh, I just mentioned that Crawford could do it all inside of the ring. So I think it comes down to that. If it's going to be a guy that can make the right adjustment switch at the right moment like Crawford, or is he not going to be able to take or withheld the pressure that, that, that Spence brings? So, uh, again, it's one of those matchups. I, I imagine you've been uh, viewing, viewing some tape in, in preparation for, for this. Now, these are guys you're well familiar with, you've seen a million times, but was there anything new that jumped out at you in the past week or two looking back on these guys or just anything maybe you'd underrated before that, that boy, that's that's something I hadn't uh, really picked up on? Well, a lot of people obviously are, are, are comparing the, the, the two uh, mutual fights that they have, uh, mm -hmm. which is the Spence and, and Brooks, right? Right. Crawford knocked them out. Both. I mean, knocked out Brooks and, 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 uh, and Porter as well. Yeah. What stopped them? Um, and people are comparing those two. Oh, Spence couldn't do that, you know. Uh, but if you look at it, different times, and, and uh, Spence, he does have that one killer instinct and, and power. So with that said, Spence is not a, a Brook, and he's not a, uh, a Cropper. He's a defensive fighter. He's a guy that throws a lot. His, his defense really is his offense. He throws so much, he keeps you busy. So um, I, I don't think that the, any comparisons can be made with any other fights because really either fighter has seen uh, a similar style to uh, uh, with, with the other. They, they have not faced anyone like each other. So uh, I'll leave it at that. When you're preparing to, to call a fight like this, is it actually very similar to when you're preparing to fight somebody? Like you sitting down and watching a lot of tape? Yeah. The difference being you're watching tape of two guys instead yeah. of one. Yeah, you know, I'm blessed, I'm, and I say this really, I'm blessed to have a, 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 uh, a colleague, a, a friend, Amar Ronaldo, that, you know, he took me under his wing. And when, when I talk, when I say that, right now after this, I got, I got to see him at 11, past 11 in his room, and we go over the fights. And we break down the fights, and, and that's something we, we've done in the last, uh, I want to say, it's been a year since he kind of, like, you know, started calling me, hey, Abner, come come to my room. <laughs> what are you going to say? No, I'm like, hey, what's going on, Mo? And then we just go up the fights, and, and you know, we, we feed off each other's energy and, you know, what he tells me. I mean, this is a smart, really, individual. We're talking about Mo Ronaldo, and, uh, you know, I kind of tell him what I see as a fighter. And so we help each other there. So definitely we break down these fights uh, one by one. And especially this one, we're so excited. As soon as I walk in the room, uh, Mara is already screaming, oh my God, this is a great fight. You know how energetic he is. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Mara uh, yeah, doesn't have a low volume. No, mode. he does not. Yeah. <laughs> what people, I think, who don't know him don't realize is that the Mara on screen, that's Mara. That is him. Yes, yes, yes. Mara has no, like you said, he has no turn out button uh, off switch either. Uh, funny story, I'm going to tell you really quick. Uh, I invited him to a uh, dinner uh, in Minneapolis. It was a jazz place, dark quiet playing silent music jazz and we're, oh my god this is a great place i'm like oh, i'm like hey bro yeah yeah <laughs> tapping on honestly like bro kind of bring it down <laughs> people are just turning back and looking at us i was like oh i should be quiet huh? <laughs> like yeah. well speaking of your showtime colleagues we would be remiss if we didn't get your quick review of we saw you last night at oh, al yeah. bernstein's loud jack so <laughs> we need to get the uh the the quick review from abner what did you had you was that your first time that seeing was al my perform? first time so, that was my uh, leg into him how terrible was he? No, he was not <laughs> terrible. You know what? He would always talk about how he sang his son, his wife, mm. how she had a career out of, out of that. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I always thought about it like maybe, 
might be lying. I don't know. <laughs> and, but once I heard him perform last night, uh, last night, oh my god, you know, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. That he, brought, I, I got chills when he sang uh, that song for his wife. He dedicated yes. that one song. Oh my god, he he, he choked a bit. Um, Phenomenal song, great song, but yeah, yeah, great performance by uh, Al Bernstein last night. He talked about how it was uh, a tradition after you know before big fights. He would always mention like big names uh, that he's been doing it for so long. And I'm like, man, just being part of that, you know, it's uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, thanks to Al Bernstein for for inviting us. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to you, buddy, for joining us again. We really appreciate it, and all the best for Saturday night. It should be uh, it should be a heck of an event. It should it will be. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks Abner. Uh, joining us now is a guy who should have plenty of insight on Saturday night's matchup. Uh, he is the former unified welterweight titleist, Keith, one-time Thurman. Keith, thank you for joining us, buddy. Hey, happy to be here, guys. So you have an interesting perspective, uh, I believe, on this fight getting signed, because while most of the boxing world was really rooting for Spence and Crawford to get it done, you perhaps were someone who wasn't rooting for that to happen because your name was floated about as a possible opponent for Spence if this fight didn't get done. Is that, is that right? Is that your understanding of the situation? Well, it's, it's a little saltier than that because okay. <laughs> last year, uh, you know, the WBC themselves down in Mexico, they, they were issuing some political mandates and Thurman uh, Spence versus Keith Thurman got on the table as a mandate and they said do we have any objections no objections they hit their little gavelin knock knock <laughs> boom we thought it was going to happen right so yeah I, they've been pulling my chain a little bit this year you know uh, i tell people man you you work your whole life you work your whole career to get at the top and then when you get at the top you end up running into politics you know mm -hmm. and you know i mean besides i mean who doesn't not like politics right so at the end of the day, man, when things are just at this level, you know, it's unfortunate for me. It's unfortunate for the fans that want to see my big fight. They want to see uh, Thurman Spence. But at the end of the day, I know why I got sidetracked. You know, we are we are staring at two undefeated champions, the unification of four belts. And, you know, sometimes, you know, why do why do the thing tomorrow that you can do today? right and this has already been on the table last year right. right so for whatever reasons politics poly tricks for whatever reasons a lot of things that we don't know that they, there's a certain error in boxing that people will never understand but at the end of the day the time has come you know undefeated fighters the best fighting the best and 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 i can respect that you can't don't hate the player you know they say don't hate the player hate the game but if you really understand the game you're not going to hate the game either right. so you know that's my boat it's it's been unfortunate but this fight's going to happen this weekend uh we have plans of finalizing uh things for me in this future i will be getting in back in the ring uh this year uh but yeah when it comes to fighting these uh great champions Looks like that's going to be on the back burner, burner for a little bit longer, you know. Right. Uh, is this, are they going to fight Saturday night? Will there be an immediate rematch? Is there a potential for a trilogy? <laughs> These are things we do not know. It's, it happens one day at a time, one fight at a time, and that's what Saturday night is all about. And all you can do in the meantime, like you said, you, you, you're hoping to have another fight coming up. Keep yourself in shape. Be ready. You, anything could fall through, right? And anything could fall through. Anything could happen at any time. So you just got to yep. be ready. Even if even if shape. the rematch is something on the table, if something happened to one of those fighters and they want to pick up a big uh, pay-per-view check, Thurman's a name. Mm. Thurman's the guy. 
You know, I'm a yes man. You you want to fight? Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Will you fight this guy? Yes. You know, so, you know, it just is what it is. I'm looking forward to getting back into the ring. And if these guys do tie up these belts for a little bit longer, you know, it's unfortunate for a lot of people in the welterweight division. But there's still some action to be had out there. And um, I'm looking forward to whatever manifests because I love boxing and uh, I I'm here to have make my comeback. So as far as this particular matchup, Spence and Crawford, everyone we've spoken to so far this week, we have yet to come across anyone who's having an easy time picking this matchup. They're struggling, they're maybe leaning one way and find themselves leaning the other. Do you have a clear favorite in your mind, or are you in that camp of, boy, this is really hard to call? Uh, yeah, I say it's a pick em fight, you know. I mean, it's not that you can't call it. It's just you're <laughs> going to pick, you know. And as when, when the odds are getting so close to 50-50, you know, I mean, we're, we're in Vegas. It's a gambling city, you know. Is it the red corner, blue corner? Uh, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, we are all witnessing greatness. If you're not a bookie, you don't need to know the answer, okay? <laughs> if, if you're not coming out of pocket and, and, and trying to bet on a fighter, you don't need to know the answer. What you need to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, okay? <laughs> so you are watching history. We are all watching history. This is an accomplishment that the legends before us, and I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather. I'm talking about Manny Pacquiao. I'm talking about names like Oscar De La Hoya, Felix Trinidad. They're, there's a plethora of welterweights. They have never unified and became the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. <laughs> this Saturday night, it's coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the realest of the real. This is what the people want. This is what the people need. You know, so, I mean, let's just enjoy everyone. Can we not just all be a part of history and just all sit back and be in awe when these two grown men, tremendous athletes, get in that ring and they fight for their lives. They fight for their families. They fight for the fans. Can we not just sit back and honor that moment? You know, and that's what I've been telling people. Now, if you come to me and you say that you got money on this fight, that's a different topic, okay? <laughs> now, what I like when I look at this fight, when I break it down, man, it's really hard. Once you get start talking about uh, Crawford, it's hard not to like him if for some reason you already don't like the guy, okay? It's like, oh, he's a lefty. He's a righty. He dominated 140. He's been beating everybody at 147. Yes, he does not have the big names at 147 uh, to the level that Spence has. But he dominated 140. We are still talking about Spence was an Olympian. I grew up with Crawford in the amateurs. We were both at the same Olympic trials, okay? He fell short like I fell short of being our Olympian for the 08 China Games. You are talking about the elites from the beginning of time. He was an elite amateur. He's an elite professional. And you just have the best versus the best. Crawford just seems like he just so athletic he's got so much to bring to the table and so when you talk about an athlete like that it's hard not to get entwined and ensnared with all of the tools that he has in his toolbox right but at the end of the day the thing about spence is there's nothing really special and that's what makes him so special mm -hmm. it's like when you're just fundamentally sound right 
Like, don't expect Curry to do a layup. <laughs> He's going to shoot the three. Right. He's going to shoot 33 threes in a game, okay? <laughs> to, 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 what else do you want from him? And once he does it, what do you witness? Greatness. Every three, greatness. You know, sometimes he has an off day, you know. We've never seen, this is the truth. Errol Spence is supposed to be the truth. We've never seen anybody give Errol Spence an off day. It might not look special, or it might not look as special as a switch hitter like Crawford. But is that the kind of fighter that's finally going to expose the fundamentally sound Errol Spence Jr.? Yes? No? That's why we're tuning in tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting talking, listening to you talk about like, you and Bud being amateurs together. I assume when you guys are coming up through the amateurs, you, you're looking at everybody else thinking, who's going to be my rival in the pros? Who's going to be the guy to beat? Were you looking at Bud thinking that of him? Do you think he was looking at you thinking that of you? Or, or, or hadn't you he guys really he evolved might, He might have been able to see me because he's moved up in his career. I had to compete. You know, there was no welterweight division uh, in the 08 games. Uh, the weight classes were changed over, kilograms, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Weird, weird political amateur stuff, Aiba, whatever. They, they need to get it right. But at the end of the day, they made me compete at 152 pounds. My other option was 141 pounds. To, to be an Olympian and compete five days in a row, I didn't want to uh, cut down to 141. Uh, so I competed at 152. I lost in the uh, Olympic trials finals to an amazing fighter still undefeated to this day, Demetrius Andrade. Boom, boom. Oh, right. Boom, boom, Andrade, right? Okay. That's, so in the past, whatever, 14, 15 years, since I was what? what was that? I was eight. I was 18. I was 18 years old. Since I was 18 years old, I've had two losses, Boo Boo Andrade and Manny Pacquiao. Okay? So this is what I mean. When you deal with these elite amateurs, we all, not only are we the best, but we can only lose to the best, you know? And outside of a, a split draw, a majority draw, or some shenanigans happening tomorrow night, someone's O has got to go. And that's what the excitement's all about, man. So, like you said, you know, like, I, I know these stories. I know both of their stories. I never got to see Spence compete in the amateurs for whatever reason. We're close in age, but he was a late bloomer. He stayed around for the next Olympic Games. You know, he stayed around for the next Olympics, and he dominated. He really came into his into his own, and he went over there to, to London, you know. So, like I said, Spence, Crawford, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Ain't nobody scared of nobody, okay? I don't know which fans be out there. Who's been scared? That's why this fight ain't never happened. That's not why fights don't happen, okay? We're fighters. It ain't nothing new. It's just another black eye. What's going to happen? Okay, a bloody nose and a black eye. Oh, a broken rib, a bloody nose, and a black eye. It's still nothing new, okay, people? It's just boxing. It's just a fight game. And we are the fighters. We are your entertainment, okay? Um, and, and we love boxing you know no one put a gun to our head and said you better get in that ring boy we signed up for this we live this life we are the modern day gladiators we are the warriors and that's what tomorrow night is all about seeing these two warriors go toe to toe you know and i know they both got that inner dog in them we've seen it in the past you know are they to come out are they gonna be 
going for each other's uh, jugular right away? Are they going to be trying to get that lockjaw? Are we going to see that from round one? Or are we going to see that elite boxing tactics? Are we going to see a chess match? You know, grandmaster chess, round one, round two. Oh, he's, he's just setting things up. Oh, they're showing each other a little bit of respect, you know. And then as round three, round four, round five, oh, someone's going to have to show their true colors. Somebody's going to have to take some chances. Round six, round seven, round eight, you know. Here, com here it comes. Here, they're letting their hands fly. They're letting their hands fly, you know. I've, we've seen both of them be late bloomers. If I had to predict... I say it starts off like a chess match and it, it ends like a dog fight, okay? That's, that's just my initial prediction, watching these guys fight throughout their whole careers, right? And they're strong fighters in that 7, 8, 9, 10 rounds. They come out really strong, nice and conservative in the beginning, jam-packed action at the end. It's, 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 it's like a good novel or a movie where the climax hits at the right moment. Is that going to be the fight? Or are these guys just going to come out from the beginning like a Hagler Hearns? We don't know. We're looking forward to it, and that's why we're tuning in tomorrow night. Wow, you're a, you, I was already fully fired up for this fight. You're getting me even more fired <laughs> up. The, the last question, though, that I have to ask you, just going back to some of your podcast mic work early in the interview, should our friend Jimmy Lennon Jr. be nervous that you're coming for his job as a ring announcer? Because you seem to be flashing some ring announcer skills there. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> just... You don't have to be nervous until I retire. Then you can say, ah, oh, shit. Can, oh, crap, he's coming. He's coming for me. He, was, he, was, he went after the welterweight division. Now he's coming for me. You know, so just, just, you know uh, I just love boxing, man. I just love boxing so much. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to the fight fans and just engaging. You know, this is nothing new for me. And I'm just really coming into my own. 34 years old. I'm just so confident. I've, I've accomplished so many great things. The career is not over. I want to be back at the top. Once a champion, always a champion. You know how it is. You guys always respect me. Hey, champ, nice to see you. You know, but, but you know, I know what it is. I know I'm a former champion, and I'm still in the ring. So there's a little salt on that, and I, and I want the straps back. I want the straps back. So I'm still gunning um, at growing my legacy. You know, Floyd, he's in and out of retirement. He's, he did uh, multiple different tricks to get many different belts throughout his career. Uh, Pacquiao jumping up many different divisions and um, dominating uh, many times, losing, coming back, becoming champion again. It's not how you fall. It's how you rise. And Thurman's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back yeah. to dominate the welterweight division. Don't leave me out. Don't count me out. Um, I look for. I look forward to the things to come at 147. I look forward to seeing this fight. I look forward to signing contracts in the future with the winners, with the losers of this fight, uh, because it's Thurman versus everybody, baby. Thurman versus everybody. <laughs> Thurman versus your mama if we can make it pay per view. You know, I mean, it's. I, I'm afraid I that's a mismatch. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I make it a pretty big favorite over my mother, if I'm being fair. Hey. If the fans want to see it, we're going to give it to them, okay? <laughs> Tell them to sign the contract, okay? Look, it, it, like I said, it's just boxing, baby. Uh, we, we love this sport. We love the fans. We love the game. We love the action. And that's why we're here in Vegas uh, to be here live. You know, we're not, we're not tuning in at home. We're here live. I want to feel the energy. Uh, I wish it was a three-way fight. I, I, wish, I wish they could just put me in the action. Somebody could you know? tag you in. Yeah, they just tag. <laughs> Triple threat, tag you in, you know? But, hey, man, look. Patience is a virtue. 
I got my daily meditation. That's why I'm here able to smile. That's why I'm here able to joke around and just humbly, patiently wait because I know that there are great things in my future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, I wanted to close with one like uh, recollection. You won't remember this, but the one other time I met you before was 2012. We were in a Cincinnati hotel lobby. You were scheduled to be the co-main. Yes, sir. Uh, I think your HBO debut. HBO debut. And we were waiting because Adrian Brano was the main event. Missed weight once. He missed weight twice. twice. <laughs> we were sitting there waiting to see if you were going to be a co-main, a main event, if the whole thing was going to be canceled. If the whole thing was going to be canceled. Oh that was gosh. one hell of a night. And, a very, and, you know, and at the time, nobody really knew who Keith Thurman was. It's been no, quite 10 years know. since then, man. They didn't know. That was my HBO debut, yeah. okay? You just gave the people a little bit of the backstory of the drama. Oh, I what mean, a night. the drama show of Adrian Broner. This was before, this was the initial drama, not making weight. Then they put stipulations on the rehydration he didn't listen to that nope. hbo was talking about packing up and leaving and i promise you i'm going to give you a, a side story that only a very few have ever heard what could i do there was nothing i could no. do no. i was in the lobby yep. i was getting the bad news and i said this is such bs yeah. this was going to be my hbo debut and it was uh against uh laura against laura right, right. but I was actually scheduled to fight Marcos Maidana. Oh, he pulled out of the fight three weeks prior. His manager pulled him out. Okay. They uh, and you know and the way he didn't fight Thurman, he fought two tough Mexicans. Then he got to fight Adrian Broner. Then he got Floyd. So so whoever that manager is actually <laughs> cared about his yeah. fighter. You yeah, know. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it didn't matter because it was still my come out appearance on HBO for the world to see who is Keith. Thurman, you know, and when I got this bad news, HBO might be packing up, man. There might not be no fight, no fight, no appearance, no check. Right. He was about to mess it up for everybody, okay? Yeah. Everybody. I I promise you not. I was shook. I was I was helpless. I was hopeless. Keith Thurman went up to his room all by himself. Went went to the front of the bed, dropped down on my hands and my knees, and I said, Lord, <laughs> Lord, please, please, Lord, whatever these managers and these promoters got to do to make this boy get in the ring tonight, promise him the world, promise him ice cream with cherries on top, just let the man fight, please. Please, I need tonight. I want tonight. I've been working for tonight. We're ready. We worked hard for this. And I just I just had to surrender, man. I just had to bow down and, and ask for the higher power. Just let's not have that kind of night. And then at the end of the day, it was a terrific night. Yeah. It was a terrific night. I got to perform. It was one of those iconic it's one of those iconic moments. Uh, was Michael Buffer, right? Michael Buffer, legend, right? I'm on HBO in the red corner with an unblemished record of 18 wins with 17 coming by way of knockout. Hailing from clear water, Florida. Here is a Keith. One time, Thurman. That moment 
that hour mm. will forever be ingrained into my memory. You know, and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to, to recollect this with you from being there on that day. And just Cincinnati, um, Citibank Arena, I believe it was. And at the end of the night, I remember we, I ended up at Waffle House with some of the HBO people, right? Just crazy night. <laughs> and and we, we all just sat around, and I was getting so many compliments. They said, Keith, man, you had a tremendous performance. You know, they, they said, you almost stole the show. I remember Laura fought... Um, uh, Laura, Laura fought Pauly Milanaji, and I, I saw that was one of the big names that he had on his resume. Pauly beat him, and uh, that was also the same night where the notorious Keith Thurman in the post-fight conference said, "You better not duck me, son. You better not duck me." There was there was a lot happening yeah. in Cincinnati at that time, you know. But I remember Laura when I look back at his record, you know, he, he's lost. He had his win-loss ratio. He was a tough Mexican from Mexico, but he's never been dropped. Right, and I knew this coming into the fight that he's never been dropped. So when I dropped him, I hit him with a nice check hook up against the ropes. Boom! I had him shook. I knew I just needed to blow. I just needed to blow on him. This guy's about to go. So I stepped in with one nice overhand right. Boom! Put the icing on the cake. And as he continued to fall and stumble, the fans got to witness it. There's a few in the front row, but nobody's got a better seat in the house besides Keith Thurman himself. And that's why I leaned in. And I stared into his eyes. And I said, that's right, boy. And with my mind, with my, with my telep, my, 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 uh, I had telepathy that night, I promise you. I had telepathy. I sent him a message. As I stared him into his eyes, I said, you can get up, and I'm going to put you right back down. Right? He stood up, and he walked right to his corner, took his mouthpiece out. He said, hey, guys, let's go back to Mexico. <laughs> we, we done. No more. And I mean, and and that was that was my first performance for the world to see, and it, it was a beautiful night, and I, I'm I'm grateful that you were there. You bet. Hey, thanks for going down memory lane with us, and thanks for the preview. We really appreciate it, Keith Thurman. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, let's class up this podcast and fight week a little <laughs> it's bit. It's about time you had me on. It's man. about time, my man, Brian Custer. Welcome. What's buddy. up, Kieran? What's up, here? How Great to see you, Brian. Uh, well, let me tell you, what took so long? I mean, you guys been having rolling some of these other steps through here. I'm like, yo, where are my boys? What am I going to be on there? <laughs> you, sir, are a man in demand. We would have had you on every week if we could. Yeah, that's right. Good Lord, you're busy. Yeah. Yes. Listen, man, I, I got three boys, man. I got to pay for these kids. Man. I got college. I got college going on. So I, I like to say I'm part Jamaican, man. I got 13 jobs, man. <laughs> well, you had quite a few jobs yesterday during yeah. the press conference. You had a, a lot to control there. There were some fireworks. Uh, from your perspective, up on the up on the dais, as you're seeing Terrence Crawford going back and forth yeah. with Errol Spence's people and all that, how much does it cross your mind? Uh oh, we're close to things boiling over here. No, I, I knew I, I could tell. Like, okay, this is we're in fight week now mm. because it, it, when when Bud came to the podium, you know, I'm right behind him, and Errol was sitting down, and all of a sudden he was just sitting, and it, and as Bud started talking, I saw uh, Errol's legs start shaking. Like, uh, I want to get at this guy, and that's mm. when I looked down. I was like, oh boy, this. This is intense. And then when it was conversely, when Bud sat down and they had to bring Errol up, he started talking. And I saw I saw Bud going like this at the table, just with his, his hands, like, you know, I want to get at this guy. And that's when I knew, like, oh, this is something. And as you talked about, the family started 
riffing when they were going there. So I was like, oh, okay, this 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 is going to be something. This this is going to be a really intense fight. Yeah. And and I think more than anything because these guys know what's at stake. I mean, this is history. And I think, you know, Bud and his, Bo Mack looked at it as if you guys have underestimated us. Oh, you got old Derek James, supposedly trainer of the year. You got this guy who's supposed to be the big fish, three, three belts. You know, I'm, I'm pound for pound number one fighter in the world. I'm the guy. Bo Mack looks at it like I've, I've, I've trained an undisputed fighter. Um, we, as he probably tried to say, I've been, we've been there before. And Derek, I think, was trying to make the point, like, have you forgotten who Jamel Charlo is? Yeah, I've trained one too. And so you got that rivalry, and you got two guys, two alpha males, who realize I'm on the precipice of history, and I want to make it. There's never been no undisputed welterweight champ. I can be that guy. And, of course, it's been building up for such a long time. We've been yeah. talking about these two. So they've had all this yeah. time to be thinking about each other, right? Ducking. Picture in the fight. And, and the, yeah. Fighters hate that word. Right. Yeah. And they've heard that. They've heard, first of all, they, they're two of the most passionate fan bases I yeah. think I've ever seen yeah. for a fighter. Yeah. You know, that you go in a barbershop, you almost, you got you to gotta fight. Because they say, who you think going to win? And then they want to fight you because you tell them who your pick is. And, and guys get upset about that. Yeah. So you got two passionate fan bases uh, with these guys. And listen, they've heard, oh, you ducked, you ducked, Bud. You really didn't want the fight. Bud's heard, oh, you ducked, Arrow. You were the guy who really didn't want the fight. Oh, no, they want to fight. Mm. And listen, they want the money to be right. And that's what it's really about, really, when it comes down to it. And I think probably adding to the tension is they both actually really respect each other. Yes. They know how dangerous this yes, is for both Yes, absolutely. Them, right? And they know. Look, uh, hey, look, and they've said it. I give this guy props. Yeah. He, he's a good fighter. Now, that's when that, that awful male kid, he ain't better than me. Right. He great fighter. Right. If you're Arrow, you're looking at it like, yeah, 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 he great fighter. Who's he fought? He fought guys who I done beat up, and all of a sudden now he knocks them out, and y'all try to y'all get, tell this guy he's best fighter in the world. Buds, on the other hand, looking at it like, oh, I went over to, you know, Europe, and I became undisputed, and I fought this guy over in foreign territory, and then I had to come back here. All these PBC guys been ducking me, and then when I finally get them, I knocked them out. You didn't knock this guy out, but I knocked him out, you know. So you have, you have that going at it as well. Yeah, and that's an interesting point about the, the comparison, particularly of their fights against Sean Porter, yeah. that, okay, we all say – Crawford knocked him out. Spence barely beat him in a close decision, so Crawford's win is better. But Spence's win came first. Yes. Is, is there some degree of maybe well, softened him up a little Arrow bit? Arrow will say that. Yeah. You, you fought a damaged Sean Porter. Mm -hmm. And you fought a Sean Porter who really wasn't in it. Now, this is Arrow's take. Right. He wasn't in it. Because if he was, why did he retire after that fight? That goes to show you that he knew going in that was going to be his last fight. And, it's, and as Errol pointed out, they, um, we were up there on the thing. He said, listen, his daddy stopped that fight. Right. Sean was going to keep fighting, but his daddy was like, no, 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 that's it. He was like, so what kind of win was that for you? Hmm. Where his daddy went in and saved him. So it, it, it is so interesting, the <laughs> mind games that these two guys play with one another. Right. But listen, they, they again, they, they realize, man, there's never been an undisputed welterweight champion. Mm -hmm. And I can have my name in the record book. And, and as he pointed out, hey, look, Manny didn't do it. Floyd yeah. didn't do it. I can do it. Right. And I can go down as the best welterweight of this generation. So, obviously, we're not going to ask you to make a pick. You have yeah. to call the fight. You yeah. don't want to pick sides. But I'm curious what your prediction is in terms of the style of fight. Do you see this more as a 
starting as a chess match, maybe early. evolving into something early. more? Yeah, okay, early. so you don't think they'll just come out firing? No, I don't think they'll come out firing. I think early, you, it's one of those things, I want to see what this guy has. I want to look up and see what he's going to do. Oh, how does he react to this? And I think that that's what you'll see. The one thing I do love about it, though, is Bud is one of those guys, even though people say he's a great boxer, use movement. If you never notice when Bud gets hit, Bud wants to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this fight is going to be really fast-paced. Because once somebody gets touched, yeah. it's on. No. It is on. And we know Bud is one of the best finishers in the sport. And we know when Errol's got somebody hurt, he goes right after him. That's why I think this – I don't I don't see going the distance. Interesting. Finally, look, we were joking earlier about the fact that you're – how busy you are. Look, you call a lot of basketball. Yeah. You host sports center. Yeah. You're around a lot of sports. Yeah. But I feel like boxing – I knew you first through boxing, so Love I feel it. like it's your first – Yeah. How does this compare, right? How does a big fight night, a big fight week compare to some of these other sporting events? I always I, I tell people this all the time because they always ask me, oh, what's your favorite sport? Do you love this? I'm like, I'm like yeah, sure. I would love to call a Super Bowl. Uh, I would love to call the NBA Finals, but I, I tell people all this. You haven't lived until you do a championship fight in Vegas mm-hmm. with a lot on the line. To me, this is the ultimate. This is the pinnacle. I love it. And, and I said, the difference is all of those guys from those sports are at the fight. Right. <laughs> a lot of times you can't say vice versa. You don't see a lot of all, all of those athletes at the NBA final. Right. You don't see uh, now. Some of them would love to go to the Super Bowl and always want to go to the Super Bowl. Right. But all of those guys from all of those different sports come to the fight. That's and true. then you add the celebrities. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is it. Yeah. Brother, it's always such a pleasure, man. Thank Let me you. tell you something, man. You guys are the best, man. I love Kieran. Now, now E, I love you too. Right. But you, I think, you know Kieran better. You knew him first. That's, I understand. That's, that's, I don't that's my guy. That's my guy. I taught him everything he knows. Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let's 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 do this again, man. Stop having all them stiffs, Raul, and all them. I know you guys had them all up through here. Oh, did you hear that, Raul? You're a stiff. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate buddy. it. All right, we are uh, back from the weigh-in. Uh, well, the ceremonial weigh-in at the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, everybody actually weighed in. Uh, privately backstage a few hours before they came out on stage and nonetheless went through the the whole like process of pretending to stand on a scale and flex and it was all good for the crowd there's a pretty good crowd in there uh, at the when Eric anything stand out to you just to go back to the whole ceremonial uh, versus official weigh-in of it all today was the day I learned the tooth fairy is not real Santa Claus is not real. The illusion is shattered. I know that sometimes the weigh-in is the real weigh-in, but uh, I guess increasingly it is not. And we're seeing uh, guys on the scale who have weighed in a few hours earlier, had a meal or two, rehydrated. uh, As we get to our impressions of of what some of the fighters looked like, in a couple of cases it really showed that these were not the guys at their most starving point (laughs) of the day. Uh, But, yeah, should we just run down the official weights real quick? Uh, Opening bout, uh, Sergio Garcia, 155.5, and and, uh, Tellez, 155.5. Exact same weights there, and I guess an over-the-weight junior middleweight bout, effectively, because it's non-title. In a bantamweight title fight, fight Nonito Denaire, 117 and a quarter. Uh, Alex Santiago, 117 and a half. And uh, Donaire was the one that struck me as, he looks a little soft. Yeah, as I sort of said to you, if it is possible 
to weigh 117 pounds and have a dad bod? Right. He did. Although whether he was 117 at that point, I don't know. <laughs> right. He, 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 might have, he might be a bit soft anyway, but he's had some water. Yes. <laughs> he, he has rehydrated. Did not have that full-on six-pack that so many other fighters right. have at this point. Whether he had it earlier in the day, we won't right. know. But uh, then the lightweight uh, lightweights weighed in. Giovanni Cabrera, 134 and a quarter. Isak Pitbull Cruz, 134 and a half. And then we got to the main event where Errol Spence, right on the money, welterweight limit, 147 pounds. Terrence Bud Crawford, 146 and three quarters. And the only thing that really stood out to me about what was, to be frank, a pretty unmemorable way, and I would say, was what a good mood Bud Crawford seemed to be in, rapping and singing along, just having a blast. And I wonder if that would have been the case had this been the official way in and not the ceremonial way in. That seemed to me like a guy who was in a great yeah. mood because he had weighed in a few hours earlier and had himself a couple meals. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, you know, the one other thing that kind of stood out to me a little bit from the main event, there's been some talk about the fact that maybe Errol's going to weigh a lot on Saturday night. You know, I've heard something like 170 thrown around, wow. something like that. And who knows? Um, but Bird actually looked huge to me like I thought Bud mm -hmm. in the shoulders and the, and the chest looked about as big as I've ever seen him he, he, he looked big in there I thought yeah he's definitely grown into welterweight mm. now whether Spence will still be the bigger man in the ring because he's kind of grown out of welterweight right. uh, that that remains to be seen but yeah this is not the physique that Bud used to have as a lightweight yeah agreed agreed yeah. Um, so having seen that what do we want to do should we start going through our picks here I guess so let's get into it let's start All making right. some official picks and you are up first with your pick in the uh, opening bout on the pay-per-view card, Tejas against Garcia. I think Tejas is going to win this fight. Um, like we said when we were going through it, I'm less uh, knowledgeable or less invested in Tejas against Garcia than I would have been with Jesus Ramos against right. Garcia. Even so, Garcia is here to not win. <laughs> right. um, and I suspect what we'll see from Sergio Garcia is what we've seen from him before in his two losses that he will perform well enough to not win and not actually even come close to winning, but to give us a little bit of a yardstick here. And and the one thing, Garcia doesn't look, when you look at him facially and just his general you know attitude, he doesn't look like a fighter. Um, he, he looks like, you know, an accountant who's yes. in really good shape. Uh -huh. <laughs> but he's obviously really tough, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the distance here as he's gone the distance before when he stepped up. And I'm going to pick Tejas by a unanimous decision here. Okay. Yeah, there's a, a slight temptation based on the totally meaningless name that Yoenis sounding so much like Yoelvis and what we just <laughs> saw happen to Yoelvis Gomez right. that he stepped up to this level and, and didn't have what it takes. There's like a little bit of a temptation to wonder. Certainly, Tejas has not been tested. We don't really know what he's made of, but my sense is the same as yours, that Sergio Garcia is here to come up a bit short. Yeah. That's kind of what his job is in this fight. He'll strive to do more than that, but I think the people who put this match together understand his limitations roughly, and this is one where we're not going to have any disagreement. I'm seeing the same thing, Tejas by unanimous decision in this one. So that brings us to Daener Santiago, a fight that we have already made picks for, yeah. but we get the opportunity to rethink and revise two weeks later. Initially, I had said Santiago, I 
by decision, I cannot honestly remember if I said split majority or no, unanimous. I. I think I leaned unanimous, and I know you picked Nonito Denaire. I think also by decision. I think I picked him to be behind and score a late start. Oh, maybe that's what you picked. Okay. So I'm up first on this, and I have to decide whether the two weeks means anything, whether seeing Donaire looking dad bod-ish coming into this fight means anything. Um, as we discussed, I sort of initially thought the two weeks is bad for the 40-year-old, uh, but some of the experts we talked to on Radio Row, I believe it was Raul Marquez, sort of suggested he suspects the opposite, that Donaire is so used to this and has been to, through so many training camps that he'll be able to handle it better than Santiago will. I guess in the end, I'll kind of do my best to ignore the two-week delay, and I think I am just going to stick with the same pick that I had all along. I just think Santiago has a pain-in-the-ass style. He's going to put on the pressure. He's going to make Denaire feel his age. The KO2 loss to Naoya in a way looks even less significant <laughs> now, and it always looked kind of potentially <laughs> yeah. insignificant. So I'm not going to write Denaire off on account of that, but I do just think age 40, it's got to catch up to him at some point. Santiago may be all wrong for him. We know Santiago's better than his record, and I kind of think he's better than a 40-year-old Nadito Denaire. I am sticking with Santiago. I don't remember what type of decision I picked last time, but I will say unanimous decision for Alex Santiago. So I feel a little bad here because I want to change my pick. Okay. You're, you're entitled. And it's not really the two-week delay. It's the dad bod, huh? It's a little bit. Uh -huh. It is a little bit the dad bod because I think it's just sort of like you can talk conceptually about somebody being 40 years old. And physique doesn't necessarily mean anything, mm -hmm. right, in a fight. It, right. it doesn't. Um, I mean, Tyson Fury's the heavyweight champion of the world, right? <laughs> right, um, But I don't know. It just sort of helped make me think at some point it runs out. At mm -hmm. some point. And Nonito's talking a good fight. What was it he said? In the interview, when he was asked, you know, the secret to his longevity, he said, you know, when I when I think of myself as an old person, I'm old. When I think of myself as a young person, I'm young. Coincidentally, I think of myself as having the same body as Idris Elba. <laughs> so, so we'll see uh, how so that works out. All of you listening can't see Kieran right now, so I'll just explain. Uh -huh. He does not have the body of Idris Elba. <laughs> he does, doesn't have anything of Idris Elba. <laughs> so almost the accent, <laughs> similar almost, to me. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Um, Shoot. I, and, you know, even when we were discussing it a couple weeks ago, I kind of wondered whether this just might be a tough fight for Denaire. And, and I thought, well, maybe he's got one more in him. I feel a little bit like it feels cheating a little bit to change my pick, but I'm going to change my pick to mirror yours. I'm going to pick, I think Santiago, down the stretch, actually... It's really just much too good for Donaire. And I think it's going to be a unanimous decision. I think Nonito will make it. But I do think it might be competitive early. And I just think it might be a bit of a whooping down the end now. And maybe that's when Nonito says, I'm going to think of myself as a retired boxer now. I don't know. Right. I'm going to, I feel like a little bit dirty, but <laughs> I'm changing my pick and I'm going with you. I'm going with Santiago by this session. You shouldn't feel dirty. I mean, look, we had the two weeks delay and that's a great chance to reassess everything. I will say, I think you're right probably that it gets more in favor of Santiago the deeper it goes that I could see him dominating down the stretch, but I absolutely will not rule out 
having seen two fourth round knockout victories for Donaire a couple Absolutely. of years ago, that that early, that we maybe don't get to those late rounds, Donaire, could, that power could flash at any time. And uh, so, yeah, this is the kind of fight where a lot of different things could happen, but in the end, we are both picking you. And, and I have so. doubted Nanito before. I have thought he was too old three years ago for right. some of these fights, right. and, and he's he's proved us wrong. So right. but we, we will know after this fight whether or not to judge based on a dad bod <laughs> exactly. in the future. Exactly. Um, so let me guess. Oh, right. So then that takes us to the co-main, um, Cruz um, against Cabrera. Now... When this was first announced, and again, when we actually went through it, I said that I was pretty interested in this fight and pretty excited about it. I thought it would be an interesting clash of styles. I thought it could be fun. My position has shifted on it. I still think it'll be fun. Sure. Um, my position on the competitiveness of it has shifted. Um, partly to just do some stuff that I've heard. You know, we talk to people in Media Row and elsewhere. Uh, a little bit of inside information. And... Not to say that a fight that you know these guys they're on this on this big stage they're super duper motivated anyway they don't need any extra motivation. Giovanni Cabrera is seems like a likable, enjoyable guy and a very self confident guy, and I think he's going to regret being a voluble, self confident guy because <laughs> Isak Pitbull Cruz looks like he wants to tear him in half. Yes, and. I think he might. Uh, I think Cabrera will be in there. I think he's got an awkward style. It'll be a little bit tough, but I think Pitbull Cruz comes at him, and I think he stops him in six. Five. Five. I'm going to say five. Okay. Five is the official pick. I don't know if there's ever been a boxing nickname that has fit anyone as well as Pitbull. <laughs> Fits Isak Cruz. It's just... That's what he is. Describe him in one word. Pitbull. That's the way he fights. That's his demeanor. Yep. Um, I agree with you that uh, Cabrera did himself no favors with the tough talk, although I also think Pitbull is coming to be a Pitbull, even if yeah. you don't say anything yeah. <laughs> uh, untoward in, in his direction. Um, yeah. I probably, without having heard some of that information that, that we got about some issues in training and whatnot and Cabrera coming into this, I always would have picked Isak Cruz in this fight. I increasingly find myself gravitating toward the knockout and gravitating toward a pretty early knockout because mm. we've seen Cruz do that, the, the KO1 over Magdaleno, mm. some KO2s uh, as well on his record. I think his last fight was a KO2. I'll give... Cabrera a little more benefit of the doubt than that, but not quite as much as you gave him. I'm going to say Isak Pitbull Cruz finishes this off in the third round, mm -hmm. and there will be no Pitbull tacos served <laughs> this evening. All right, so that brings us to the big one, the main event, the fight that nobody has wanted to make a pick on all week long, but we can stall no longer. We do have to make our picks in Spence versus Crawford, not Crawford versus Spence. <laughs> yeah. Spence versus Crawford, undefeated, undisputed, unprecedented, unless it's a draw, one of them will not be undefeated right. anymore after Saturday night. So since before the fight was signed, I have been someone who favors the adaptability and versatility of Bud Crawford. Thought he was by a tenth of a degree the better fighter in this matchup. People have been making me second-guess myself a little bit this week just hearing people come up with their reasons why they think not only Errol Spence will win the fight, but hearing a couple of people say, you know what, I can see him stopping, bud. It gets you thinking. It gets the gears moving. I try not to be influenced at the last minute that usually your first instinct is yeah. your best instinct. Yeah. Um, 
I do see Bud Crawford winning this fight. I just think, however, it, whatever the pace may be as it starts and whatever adjustments may be made, it feels like one of those fights where as it gets into the last third of it, it it's, it's Bud Crawford in control having neutralized all the things Spence wants to do and just beginning to show all the things he wants to do. I think it's that kind of fight where it's Crawford pulling away down the stretch of a fight that maybe through eight rounds, people are scoring 4-4, 5-3 Spence, etc. I can't rule out though some weird scorecards. And also it could just be one of those fights that's close and difficult to score and, and scorecards could be all over the place with nothing weird going on. In the end, I'm picking Bud Crawford. I'm picking it to go the distance. I don't quite see either guy getting that knockout. I don't even know that we'll see any knockdowns. I hope we do, because that's always fun. Adds a lot of drama. Neither of these guys has ever been knocked down. Maybe these are the opponents that can score that knockdown. I'm going to say Bud Crawford prevails by majority decision where there's he deserves to win. You and I maybe agree afterwards. Oh, yeah, Bud won that fight. And there's that one scorecard that doesn't quite make sense that had it even. Uh, so that, that's where I'm landing. Very good, very close fight that builds in drama as it goes along, builds in pace as it goes along. I sure hope we see these guys get wobbled and knocked down a bit and we have that level of drama in it. But at the very least, we're going to see a high-class, elite-level boxing match. And I just think Bud's skills and adaptability will separate him on two of the scorecards. I'm going majority decision. We see a very similar fight. Um, look, I, I, Errol Spence is a terrific, terrific boxer and probably a Hall of Famer already. From the first moment that I saw him, from when we had him on HBO, the time that we've talked about him since then, I thought that Bud Crawford is a generational talent. I, I, I've been pretty consistent about that and I continue to feel that way about it and I think he is going to show that again on Saturday night that and I think afterwards everyone will be very impressed to the extent that to revisit the discussion we had yesterday the debate about pound for right. pound number one will be, will be uh, active again I see a very similar fight to you and that I think they, as we've discussed, both men respect each other very, very much. I don't think either man is going to try and do anything stupid. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, adapting, trying to neutralize this, trying to neutralize that. And at the end of the day, Errol Spence will have played all his cards and Crawford will still have half a deck. And that will make the difference in the second half of the fight. And I can even see it being the kind of fight where Maybe Spence wins two minutes of every round, but Crawford's one minute is so much better mm, interesting. Yeah. that he takes that round. I can totally see it being something like that. But I also agree with you, there's going to be a hinky scorecard in there. <laughs> right? There just is. It just yeah, has. It I tends just to happen. Is. Uh -huh. And so I'll go a little bit different I, from I you. will note, I believe Steve Weisfeld is one of the judges. That's so right. that's a scorecard we can trust. That is a scorecard but we can trust. But there are two other so judges. one scorecard <laughs> will be exactly correct. <laughs> right. You know, I'll go a slightly different. and say that one of them is super hinky, and we're going to have a split decision okay. in a fight that Bud Crawford clearly wins. Interesting. All right. So we are similarly aligned, but a little bit of room for some uh, separation if it, uh, yeah. if it is Bud Crawford and it's either split or majority. Um, so sh let's talk about the betting odds, just because now we both know where we're coming from, that we are both ultimately slightly favoring and picking Bud Crawford. Yep. And I'll note that this line 
has moved in some interesting ways. When I first saw odds go up for this fight, it was literally dead even, minus 112, minus 112. Once it got signed, it has gradually moved for Bud Crawford to be the favorite, gone up as high as a minus 160 favorite. Someone had told me, I haven't looked at the odds myself, but someone had told me it was starting to come back down prior to the weigh-in. Some Spence money was coming in. Crawford shortening to like minus 140, minus 145, something in that range. I don't know about you, but at those prices, I really have a hard time seeing value on either side. Agreed. Agreed. There's nothing. We looked through this earlier, and I don't really see anything that would tempt me in any <laughs> hypothetical situation to put any money down. I guess if there is a better bet to be had out of any, Spence by decision at plus 260, it's not a lot, but it's even though I don't think he's going to win, right. looking at it as a bet, it's not terrible. Right. But otherwise, we've got... Uh, and uh, this could be out of date by the time we've done this already. We've, we've, right, the odds know, could have shifted a little um, bit from what we're looking at. Crawford by KO, TKO, DQ, plus 225. Ah, nah. No. Crawford, Crawford by decision, by decision That seems it's like okay. just about right. Yeah. Kind of. But it's not going to tempt me. Right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw at you two bets that aren't listed on that sheet okay. that I saw on some, uh, some sites earlier in the week. Just some weird bets. One that I kind of like and one that is maybe the worst bet I've ever seen listed in terms of a bet that you do not want to make that would be an unpleasant sweat. I'll tell you that one first. Okay. So you can react to how horrid this sounds. Okay. I saw minus 4,000, meaning bet $400 to win $10 <laughs> on under one and a half knockdowns in the fight. Now, will there probably be, is it more likely that we go under one and a half knockdowns? Yes. Minus 4,000? Are you kidding me? The torture of having to sweat that out? Oh my God. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I'm, not the way to spend your money. <laughs> it's really not. That's an incredibly stressful fight-watching experience, yes. especially if we're right and, like, it sort of it gets livelier as the fight goes right. on. Right. And so you're almost, like, rooting against it being an exciting right. fight down right. the stretch. And right? if there is a knock, say there's a flash knockdown early in the fight or whatever, my God, every punch, your heart is in your throat. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. We'll avoid that one. Yes, we will. Now, the one that intrigued me more that I I don't think it's going to win, but it was a plus 1,600, 16 to 1, was any knockdown to be scored in the first four rounds. Again, don't think that would win, but that's no. why you're getting 16 to 1. That's a fun sweat for four rounds. Yeah, and then you can relax. Knockdown. <laughs> right, and yeah. then you're like, okay, I yeah. lost my two slices of pizza that I put on that. Uh, and or, it is possible, right? right? I can see a scenario where they're tr each trying something, and, and one of them tries something that doesn't work, and the other one's ready for him, like, oh, he's going to do this, and boom, and yeah. someone's on their butt, and then the fight kicks off. Right. And then whoever's bet on the fewer than one and a half knockdowns is really stressing out. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yes. And my majority decision pick also gets worse because once there's one knockdown, now I need two <laughs> knockdowns to get an even scorecard at right. the end. Uh, but, right. uh, yeah, so that was, that's a fun bet to consider and a another bet to avoid at all costs, no matter what. <laughs> Indeed. All right. I think we're done. I think we I are. I believe we are. So thank you very much for listening to us during Fight Week here in Las Vegas. Thanks to all our guests. We will not have the Monday podcast. We will have an immediate post-fight reaction podcast recorded here at the T-Mobile Arena. So be sure to check that out. And remember... 
The fight itself is on Showtime pay-per-view beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, there will be uh, the stream on the Showtime YouTube channel beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, Two hours before the pay-per-views, yeah. that's right, so six and three. Uh, So we've got two fights there to check out if you want to do that, but otherwise do make sure, if you can't be here, to buy the pay-per-view on Showtime. Uh, until Saturday night, thanks very much for listening. Be safe, be kind, and be well.